Hey guys, this is French and Flourish, and I'm your host, Laura Magruder. And today I am joined by my friend, Kate Potter, and we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs. So one thing I found is that many people in non-traditional jobs or entrepreneurship roles really struggle with being held back by these self-limiting beliefs. Today, we're going to educate people on why it's important to uncover them, how to uncover those limiting beliefs, and give you some tools to kind of flourish and maintain a confident mindset as you move through your career. So Kate, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I know you're a mindfulness coach as well as a personal trainer. So kind of give me a little bit of your background. Yeah, of course. So my background before I ever got into fitness was life coaching. Um, And before that, I really wanted to be a social worker, actually, and study. And before that, it was neuroscience. So I was always super intrigued with why is it that people do the things they do? Um, which ended up translating into wanting to help people (laughs) with the things they were doing. Um, So I attended the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, which is one of the, um, I don't know how you would phrase it, like uh, highest rated ICF, which is the International Coaching Federation programs. Um, And then while I was going through all of that and all my certification work, I became really passionate about fitness. And, you know, a lot of my talk was about self-love and um, I think kind of finding my own path with self-love and my body image issues. It started translating into me wanting to do that for other people. And I had a lot of people ask about my own like body success. And I was like, well, let me get educated on that and get back to you. Um, So I went through uh, multiple ACE uh, exercise certification courses. Um, So I'm a certified personal trainer, health coach, and behavior change specialist. And I, um, at the end of last year, went through a United Nations program to become a mindfulness and well-being strategist as well. So how it all encompasses is I really try to work with my clients on a whole mind-body approach of how do we make you feel like you're at home within your body. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so this idea of, I mean, that's a lot of a lot of stuff you've done, a lot of kind of diving deep into yourself, you know, so that you can coach others. So I know you and I have done some similar trainings and some similar programs in the past. So how do you kind of think uh, limiting beliefs factor into uh, entrepreneurship or people who work non-traditional roles? I think it's a huge roadblock. Um, you know, I can't speak for everyone who's taken a non-traditional role. Um, but I know at least for me and what I've seen with my peers is that it's self-limiting beliefs and are a survival strategy. There's like something we had learned along the way, where we were taught it like it's not it's not something we just like randomly pick up so we're using it based on evidence so you know like for me um i grew up in an area where everyone went to four-year college and it was that was it i think my public high school graduation rate was 99 went on to four-year school um 
Wow. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and then I'm the daughter of two Princeton grads. So there was definitely this belief of I can't be successful if I don't finish out a four-year program, which, like, you know, has a hinge of still haunting me, but they, they don't, like, ever fully go away, you know? So just learning to maneuver those while also being so dedicated to your mission and being mindful about it, too, and, like, treating yourself with love when they do pop up because – I think it really pops up when you're going against the grain because it's, it's not that it's easier to do a traditional nine to five, but I guess there's not, I don't know if there would be as much limiting beliefs coming up because you are kind of going with more the norm. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% agree with that. Um, I kind of have a similar thing growing up, you know, my mom's a doctor, my dad's an engineer. And so Growing up, I, I always had these expectations to have great grades and to get a traditional education. And after a year at the University of Georgia, I left and went to cosmetology school. And I actually, you know, did hair behind the chair for a year and then ended up back in college uh, for a very brief period of time because I, I had this belief that I couldn't be successful unless I had that four-year degree. And it really held me back in my career as a hairstylist because I was so fixated on like, well, it's not good enough because I don't have a four-year degree. I'm not good enough, so on and so forth. And I think that for me, that underlying like not enough conversation ran me for a long time until I kind of learned some tools to work through it. And, you know, that's where I am now. So can you explain a little bit more about that kind of not enough mindset and, you know, any instances for you where it's held you back? So with not enoughness, our, well, our internal conversations, as you know, um, are kind of created by the time we're around like, you know, anywhere from like 12 to 15, kind of our like basic ideas of where our faults are, quote unquote, um, we already have evidence for. So a lot of it is, you know, pushed by parents or, um, you know, peers or someone you respected, like there was something that must have come up. Um, so whenever we feel something that's, oh, I feel like I'm not enough. It's, as I was saying, like survival strategy of, oh, okay, well, it's safer for me to keep holding this opinion of myself because at least I can be right about it. Um, and I know for me where it's, popped up a lot it's god let me even try to think of that um i mean even in my life like the not enough whether it's not skinny oh, yeah. enough, I was not thinking pretty enough wise. Yeah. All, i mean it yeah i mean and professionally like i'm not a good enough hairstylist because i don't take you know the same quality pictures or i'm i'm not you know experienced enough or whatever and i think that little not enough conversation, you know, showed up a lot for me in oh, high definitely. school. Um, I wasn't popular enough for whatever you want to fill in the blank with. And so even when it came to doing this podcast, I mean, I've put this off for two years and I'm finally sitting down and doing it because I was kind of like, well, I'm not, I'm not experienced enough. I don't have enough followers. I don't, I don't have enough material, you know, when I do, you know, and so for me, I think, there's a lot of areas that in my life, you know, it's held me back. And uh, for me, I think the not enough conversation is my biggest self-limiting belief. And um, yeah, so 
why is it important to kind of come to these realizations? Like, why is it important for us to uncover those? Because it's like when you see the wound, you need to know a wound is there in order for you to heal from it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. um, it, there's a quote that I love that if you have a cut and you don't heal from it, you'll just keep bleeding on other people. So, you know, it's to be aware of like, oh, okay, this is where I'm hurting and this is what's going on for me. And this is what I get to address in those moments because then you'll also know how to navigate it moving forwards. Because I know for me, once I've been not enough or like I'm not successful enough, which I know like 100% comes from my parents and where I, you know, like knowing my dad had his dream job by the time he was 24 and started Princeton when he was 16 and, um, you know, those sorts of things and reminding myself like we're on different journeys And for me, like, oh, I'm not skinny enough. Like, I don't have the body fat percentage to be a successful fitness instructor. Like, even, you know, totally obscure things. I remember one time I did a uh, a Facebook Live Q&A for, like, life coaching stuff. And someone shared it in some group. And I think I ended up with something like 7,000 live people watching me. I think I was, like, 23 at the 22. I was 22. And someone brought up that my skin was broken out and someone was like, why should we listen to you when like you have acne? And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, what's even the correlation, but it brought up like a lot of my, you know, I'm not real enough to do this stuff sort of conversation. Um, when in my head, it's like, well, you don't know my story and da 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 da. So, um, but yeah, like even seeing how like those things, come about from that but yeah if we don't have the awareness around it we won't know what to do in those moments when it starts to run us yeah absolutely and like you know one thing that I had you know mentioned is like how to get the fuck out of your own way like I remember the first time I ever heard like everything you ever want is on the other side of fear and so it's like you have to kind of lean in and learn those limiting beliefs about yourself, like learn what you let run you, right? Because if you aren't aware of them, they like, you know, they control you, they control your life. And, uh, you know, really the only person holding you back is yourself. So for me, I think the biggest, the biggest moment of growth I had in my career uh, behind the chair was when I realized I was good enough I was great, actually. I'm a great hairstylist. And that I was worthy of having my dream clientele and charging what my time is worth and all those sorts of things. And making, you know, making the income I want and having the house I want and family and whatever. But I had to get out of my own way. Like I had to do the work to uncover those beliefs and then break through them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know learn tools to manage it moving forward because they don't go away no, never yeah 100 um yeah and i that came up a lot for me like semi-recently so i mean i told you but i started working with um a, uh, i'm on my second business coach um and she her specialty is high ticket for fitness professionals and there's like a lot of stuff we don't really see eye to eye on for sure um she's great um but one of them, but I know it's because she challenges the shit out of my self-limiting beliefs when it comes to money. Like she's very, I, you know, I upped my prices and 
I was able to like sign on clients at that. And her automatic response was like, okay, cool. Time to up it again. And I started getting uncomfortable with like how much she was proposing to me to charge, which, you know, when I started peeling back the onion of like, oh, where does this come from? It was, I didn't think I was worth that much. You know, even though like time and time again, like I have clients who rave about me and they're like, you're changing my life and thank you so much for all you're doing. And, you know, I look at the amount of hours I've put into credentials, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, like I, I see how I'm worth that much. Yeah. Well, and, I, and it shouldn't even be evidence based. Um, it should just be like a declaration of like, I'm worth this much. But, you know, the, re- the reviews yeah, and absolutely. all that sort of stuff help too. But, you know, one thing my dad always jokes about is, like perceived value is like how much is something worth how much whoever is willing to pay for it so i'm like oh yeah (laughs) i guess yeah i remember um so last year i raised my prices for the first time in like two and a half almost three years and I was terrified. Like I remember calling my assistant and being like, maybe we should make, wait, you know, let's wait like a month or two, you know, let's just, I don't know. Like, I don't want to lose clients. And I kept like, I mean, I was like holding on to these clients because I was like, well, what if they can't afford it and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, wait a second, their money conversation is not my money conversation. Like I'm not my client's financial advisors. And if they truly value me, they'll stay. And so for me, like, I just remember being so scared because I didn't think I was worth it. I, you know, and I was like, oh my God, I'm only charging X amount for a haircut. And I was like, why can't I make more money in my career? Why can't I have the things that I want? Why can't I work the schedule I want? And it's because I was just so caught up in this, I'm not good enough to charge, you know, my time. And, you know, I'm not this and I'm not that. And I remember to this day, that email that we sent out announcing my price raise was had more clicks and more bookings off that email than any email we've oh, wow. ever sent. I mean, I was like, this is, you know, I kind of expected the opposite to happen. I thought I was going to lose clients and blah, blah, blah. And you know, when I just did it and I just took the leap and jumped in and truly believed that I was worthy. Oh my gosh, my clients are phenomenal and they love me and they drive from all over and they'll pay whatever. And, you know, I don't ever want to charge, you know, price myself out of, you know, my community or or whatever. But, you know, it was, it was a huge shift in like, wait a second, like I am, worthy of this Mm -hmm. you know and I don't have to listen to that little like devil in the back of my brain saying you know you're not good enough you're not smart enough you're not experienced enough blah 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 so I mean you know what what kind of tools have you used to help your clients uh kind of uncover those you know those beliefs about themselves so one cool thing that I like to do when it's like uh well it also depends on like if it's a coaching client or a training client. But one thing I do is I do like Google form homework assignments. So I'll send them a personalized worksheet based off what we've talked about. And in it, we, I have multiple choice of what comes up for you a lot. So it'll be, I'm not worthy. I'm not successful because you know, there's different ones that kind of, we all feel apply to us maybe a little bit more. 
So there's always one that resonates and I'll do a lot of like listening out for their language. So first I assist with here, I'm hearing this, is this accurate? And then we do a self-evaluation. So, you know, which one do you feel you hear the most? And then I bring it to the next step of when's the last time that you told yourself that or, and how is it masked? And, you know, tell me that's about that scenario. And then to keep thinking back and look at, okay, when's the first time you ever said that about yourself? And in that moment, know that you've only been trying to protect yourself since then. So, and also know that it's not you, like it's that little like parrot, parasite, whatever word you want to use kind of inside your head and to start to separate it. Because for me, there's Kate and then there's like the ego self. And I just view it as like, you know, that little devil on my shoulder or whatever. So at one point it did, it worked. Otherwise I wouldn't have held on to it. So, you know, I, I, I thank it. And I say, thank you for trying to keep me safe and keep me small because you're, you're trying to protect me from something that once worked and now you're no longer needed here. So thank you though. And it's like, it's like, I like snap out of it. And a lot of people find that that one's helpful too. Yeah. And to kind of separate the two and, you know, you mentioned, you know, you have your clients kind of explore. I remember an exercise that I did and I think you may have been with me, um, but it was a, you know, write down what you're like. And and I know you do this in your coaching too, like write down what your perfect life Mm -hmm. would look like, you know, like what, what does your morning look like in detail? What is your you know, your job or your career, whatever look like in detail and really get clear on your vision. And I remember the next thing they asked us to do was, okay, now write down everything that holds you back, whether it's time, Mm -hmm. you know, not enough time, not enough money, not educated enough, blah, blah, blah. And then when you start to write down all those things, you see these patterns of like, you know, not blank enough or need more of this, need more of that. And you kind of start developing you're like oh wait a second like that one little phrase has shown up a lot for me Mm -hmm. maybe I should take a like a deeper look at that and and then like once you're able to see it it's like oh that's where it comes from comes from you know like I know my stuff dates back to childhood you know my my parents split when I was really young and um I guess I just kind of had this belief that you know I, if I wasn't enough to keep my parents together, like I just wasn't good enough kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that's not true, but it's just those little beliefs I kind of had in the back of my mind. And so as I moved through high school and, you know, beginning of my career and something would happen, I would be like, oh, well, there's proof that I'm not good enough and blah, yeah, blah, finding blah. the evidence. But it wasn't until, yeah, looking for that evidence. And so it wasn't until like I actually sat down and, and did these exercises that it was like a big, you know, spotlight right on all those conversations that I had had with myself from a young age. And, you know, only once you see them, can you shift Yeah, them. totally. Well, and then I, I also had a coach, interestingly, point out once um, that it anytime it's like time or money, it's like not actually time or money. It's do you feel like you're worthy of having this or do you actually how like how badly do you want it? Because we'll make up, right. you know, any excuse to 
not go and do something that scares us that, you know, maybe like we really want, but it's coming from a place of like, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm worthy, you know, whatever, because the things that fit into our narrative, you know, we'll find the time and money to do it. But oh, yeah. debt scares the shit out of people. So, you know, like let's say you're doing an investment in something big and and all your not enough stuff is coming up, that's gonna be more of a limiting factor to you than like the debt would be. So it's right. you know, like learning to also yeah, like separate it and bring it to a spotlight and be like, you know what? No, like I'm worthy of having the things I say it is that I want and I'm gonna go and do it. Because at some point, it's it's almost just like saying it to yourself. And I, I think sometimes people, it gets like a lot it, overcomplicated and, you know, a lot of it's self-talk. I would say the, like 75 to like 90% of it is just how we're speaking to ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Like I would never speak to another human the way that I speak you know, have spoken to myself. I've worked really hard on on changing that conversation. And, um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was just acknowledging it and then like letting it go and stepping into a new light and choosing something different, like changing that narrative. And it, like I said, even I still have things come up for me all the time, this podcast. And I just have to use those tools I have. I'm like, okay, well, this is where it's coming from, you know, acknowledge it and then let go of Mm -hmm. it and choose a new narrative moving forward. Like, I'm confident, I'm powerful, you know, so on and so forth. Well, and I, for a while, was doing like really informal coaching, like it was life coaching, but I... I didn't have any like super solidified programs and like, I didn't really do a platform and I know a lot of it was self-limiting stuff from like 2017. Like I think there were a lot of like nasty things said to me and about me that like got back around to me. And, um, and I was definitely not in like the healthiest space by any means, but I know for me, I took it so to heart that I was like, well, I'm not cut out to do this shit. Like, why would I make my platform bigger? But I was scared. Like, I was really, really scared because I, the things I was hearing were like things proving my point about myself, (laughs) which it wasn't my point. As I said, it was like the ego's point. Um, So I didn't take steps to get more serious about my business and about coaching and training people and you know, and it finally at one point clicked like at the beginning of last year because my, I was doing like divine femme coaching with her, um, my first business coach and she does like entrepreneurial coaching work. Um, and she was launching a business coaching program and she was like, you're, you're pretty much doing this right now. So like want to hop on and try this. And it was like a totally different environment and, was the first time I definitely was getting a lot out of like, Oh, like I am good enough to do this stuff and I am good enough to like have it really formal and create like these lesson plans and like a business structure and it not just be like this, like under the table coaching thing. Do you feel like that was your biggest breakthrough in your career? Um, it was definitely one of them because I think it was, yeah like investing in myself was a huge thing um you know just like anyone would invest in 
a personal trainer or would invest in a therapist or invest in college, like any of these things to better themselves. Like, I think I just, I wasn't taking myself seriously. And I think I, my limiting belief of like, you can only be successful at the nine to five, like watching my parents, I think I was proving myself right with that. So I think it was a breakthrough for me because I was taking action in a different direction and it was terrifying. Like it was, she was not cheap. Um, she was like close to $10,000 um, for a certification and over the course of like over half a year. But that was fucking, I was shitting myself. I was like, oh my God, like, am yeah. I this? Oh my God, I, I was like, too. am I this cute? <laughs> like, it was crazy. I like, I sold stocks to be able to pay for it. It was, um, it was not easy. So, but it was this moment yeah. of, am I going to start taking myself seriously or am I going to like keep being a joke to myself, quite frankly, because I can, you know, work in a commercial gym all I want, or I can coach people under the table, but there is a next level. And my vision for my life is more macro and reaching more people. And, you know, as uh, my first business coach would say, like giving your good medicine to the world and, you know, that sort of thing. And I wasn't, helping anyone by not reinvesting into how to be better at what I was doing. You know, there's a reason there's continuing education and people keep going back to different trainers. And so there's no reason to not do that for business. And I think any, you'll hear from like any business coach that they have a business coach. And when they're done with that business coach, they'll go use a different business coach. Um, Cause I think there's just always something to learn. And I was also shitting myself when I got this new business coach because she was just such a different perspective. And as I said, she's been uh, pressing all of my self-limiting belief buttons on what it means to charge high prices. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's really important to have someone in your life who's willing to have those conversations and who's willing to say, okay, let's go deeper because you know, I've worked with business coaches and uh, life coaches. I'm in a business coaching program right now. You know, I have, I have friends who are coaches who I will call for, um, you know, just to have them call me out on my stuff. And sometimes, like, I have a blind spot. You know, those limiting beliefs, like, hide in the back and I can't see them. So I think having a coach or having some sort of training that you can call someone and say, hey, like, can you help me work through this? And not in a way where it's like therapy, but in a way that they can hold you, you know, in a space that may be higher than where you can see yourself, if that makes sense, you know? And yeah, even the best coaches have coaches and coaches have coaches and, you know, and and so on and so forth, because I truly feel that that's one of the most valuable tools for, you know, being successful and and being able to look at at all the stuff that holds you back mm-hmm. because we all have blind spots and i think it's it's us being blind to our blind spots and um into like what's going on in our lives in general when we're not open to wanting to look more and um excuse me uh, coaching is obviously like you know super different than therapy on all ends um, I, I don't know what I would do if I never got involved in it and I never had coaches, um, because, you know, while healing is great and all, uh, there needs to also be action and moving forwards. And that's literally what their job is. So I think especially when it comes to, you know, self-limiting beliefs and, um, our assumptions about ourselves and about other and others and, 
all that stuff. I mean, that's like, yeah, literally their job. So I, I'm someone who I'm convinced will be in some form of coaching because I, uh, I want to keep moving forwards and I want to keep challenging my self-limiting beliefs because as we've been saying, it's not like they, they go away. Um, you just learn how to coexist no. with them and how to cope in the situations where they come up and um, not let them rule everything you do. Because I think back to, you know, me in 2015 and I was miserable. I wasn't healthy. I would stress eat in bed and, um, you know, I, I couldn't really do anything. I mean, I was like in such like a crippled position, honestly, like I was just so miserable and I had zero insight and I was someone who was convinced I had insight into my life and why I was the way I was, but I had never worked with a coach before. And like just the vast different of difference of me in 2015 to 2016, like after I had worked with someone and the things had been brought to light. I mean, it's crazy. Like I was a different person. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, we met in 2015 fall of 2015 yeah and i i mean it's you know our friendship has been its own journey and it's just crazy to see like you know 2015 like you're not the same person at all but (laughs) yeah i mean i don't i don't feel like i'm anything like i was in 2015 (laughs) uh but it's also because i've had the opportunity to like look and be like oh that's why that didn't work you know what i mean and like you know one of the biggest areas in my life that uh, my self-limiting beliefs showed up, you know, obviously besides my career was my relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dated like crappy dude after crappy dude. And I was like, I don't understand why I can't meet a nice guy. And it was because I didn't think I was worthy of one. And, it, you know, and you and I were spending, a, I think we even lived together at the time. We spent a lot of time, you spent a lot of time reinforcing like no Laura like you are worthy you are good enough you're pretty enough you know you are you are deserving of someone who uh you know who loves you the way that you need to be loved and so for me that was a huge help because you know you were you were kind of coaching me uh through a breakup and um but yeah, I mean, it shows up in all aspects of our lives, not just, you know, in our careers, but, you know, in my relationship as well. And I, I you know, like I said, I think it's super valuable to have someone who can just kind of push you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and have you step outside of your comfort zone, right? Like, because most days we don't want to be uncomfortable. It's not easy to be uncomfortable, but you learn outside of your comfort zone. And so I think that's kind of what what worked for me in, in, in coaching and training programs and whatnot was like, it kind of forced me to be uncomfortable and look at all my stuff that held me back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, moving forward. But if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, and <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with the lack of awareness around the comfort zone because I think people mistake comfort zone with like, if I go outside this, it's danger. Um, but, and that's how the body and our, um, our brain like tries to process the unknown. It literally is the unknown equals death. 
um you know that's why a lot of times like people when there's like unknown situations like people create conspiracy theories or you know there's like a million one ways people interpret death it's because like it's the unknown and the brain doesn't know what to do with nothingness so it, it yeah and people something. are afraid of what they don't understand right, totally so like with the comfort zone like people people like feel the danger that their body is starting to take on and i think there's a lack of awareness that most people have of like oh no this is me just going and doing something unknown and my neurological system's going into fight or flight because it's unaware if it's safe or not even though i rationally know it's safe and yeah i think it's just people like not being in tune with like how their brains are wired and how that sort of stuff comes up because i mean man if i any single time i listen to my comfort zone <laughs> i wouldn't have a lot of the things i do and i wouldn't have a lot of the success that i've had and um you know i, I definitely sure as hell wouldn't be living the life i have right now and I know a lot of mine is around my health too. Like when I got my Hashimoto's yeah. diagnosis, it was definitely like this. Oh, okay. Like this is how my health is going to be for the rest of my life. Got it. And whenever people would try to challenge it or like the idea of certain things were challenged, it, it felt like the unknown. So I was like, Oh no, that's not possible. Fuck you. Like, why would you say those things to me? And then when I started going outside of my comfort zone and, you know, I started being healthier and meeting my body where I was at, it was like my body caught up to like me mentally and it was amazing. So that's kind of, you know, you mentioned uh, at the beginning kind of, you know, showing yourself that kind of compassion and that grace. So do you want to kind of speak on that and how it plays into the process of, you know, breaking through these limiting beliefs and, you know, the fact that they don't go away? You're not going to get better by talking shit to yourself. <laughs> Um, you know, to, <laughs> really, it doesn't oh, no, work crazy. Like that. <laughs> um, there was this video that was viral that was going around a while ago that I really liked, and it was talking about how pretend there's like a little monster inside of you, and it feeds off of saying awful things to it, and it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And when you feed it kindness, it shrinks and then eventually, you know, disappears. Um, I don't believe it ever disappears. But I do believe that when we're feeding ourselves these awful things, it just it grows bigger and bigger and bigger because we're reinforcing these negative ideas that we have on ourselves. Um, so when we, you know, even if we're not, not like really feeling it, the brain can't really know. Like, have you ever heard of if you smile, the brain won't notice if you're authentically smiling, they'll still have a dopamine release. It's a similar thing with self-talk. No, but that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, that's why like a lot of guided meditations will be like, now smile because your body will know it's using that muscle movement and that muscle movement is um, equated to happiness in your head. So you will still have a dopamine release. Fun oh, fact. that's cool. So if you're ever feeling real shitty, even though you don't want to smile, you'll chemically feel better. <laughs> smile as you, uh, as you, give those positive self-talks yeah, for real. Well, and it's the same thing with self-talk and language so if we're talking to ourselves positively like we're gonna be reaping that kind of same dopamine effect so even though it doesn't feel real at the beginning at a certain point it begins to and you're no longer feeding into that monster within you because i mean at least for me i know in like my day-to-day -day life if i'm like 
wow, you're so lazy or like, wow, you really shouldn't have ate that. Like you cow or, um, like, oh my God, like you're in quarantine and you stop like <laughs> doing face masks. Look at how your chin's broken out. Like you're lazy, you know, like that sort of stuff. It's, that's just gonna keep feeding this negative. And I think during, especially during a time like this, like it's just going to keep growing. Yeah. And just feeding those little, you know beliefs we have about ourselves yeah so just really being in check and being mindful of how you're talking to yourself and you know anyone who listens to this because i keep saying how you're talking to yourself you're now going to notice how you're talking to yourself because you're thinking about it oh yeah just that little awareness totally and it's even yeah even when it's uncomfortable or you don't believe it you say those things because yeah. it's you have to start at some point and there is never I say this to almost any client I have I think one of the worst things you can do is wait for things to feel right because one feelings don't make any sense um but two mm-hmm. and don't go off your feelings that's a total side note but two like you're not going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I feel it in my bones. Today is the day, bitch. Like, let's go. Like that day. <laughs> like today, I'm confident. <laughs> right. Like you're never like I, people wait for the right time, quote unquote, or like rate, like wait to feel motivated or wait to, you know, it's, it's like they think motivation will come to them as opposed to realizing like, Oh, I get to create this experience for myself. Crazy. Um, and it's, yeah, especially when people are talking about like, well, I just haven't felt like it yet. It's like, okay, well then what does that look like? Like, what are you waiting for? Cause you're putting your life on hold for, uh, something that's a self-limiting belief. Like thinking like I need to feel like it is a self-limiting belief. Right. Absolutely. I wish I knew that a lot earlier, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, I I learned that pretty early considering I'm 25, you know, (laughs) I could be in like my sixties and just hearing that for the first time. So perspective. Yeah. I mean, and there's some people who, you know, never gain that level of awareness, which, you know, is, is challenging. But yeah, I think, I think one of the best things that our friendship has done is, uh, you remind me often to show myself that kind of compassion and grace. And especially right now with everything going on in the world, I'm not in the salon. And it's been a, it's been a challenge to like not compare myself to other people or not have those conversations come up about, well, you're not doing enough. You're not exercising enough. You're not enough, 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 enough. And so you know, I have to kind of stop and say, okay, Laura, you know, yeah, it's okay if today, if you just want to sit on the couch and play Animal Crossing and drink wine at two o'clock in the afternoon, that's okay. And and I get to be okay where I'm oh, at. Totally. I don't have to, I, I don't have to do everything to prove that I'm worthy. Yeah. Well, and I made an, an Instagram post today, which even though it was like, you know, the typical fitness person butt shot almost um the the caption is just like self-care is different for everybody especially during this so just make sure i don't don't give a fuck what you're doing i just want you to be doing something yeah if self-care looks like face mask and bath bombs that's cool but you know it doesn't look like that for right and i know for you know part of what's keeping i i do really well if i have a framework so 
every morning I'm doing 100 body weight squats and I'm trying to walk six miles a day for like five to six days a week. Um, which is just like to keep me sane and like, quite frankly, takes up like what, two hours out of 24 hours. Beyonce yeah. also has 24 hours in a day, whatever. Um, but yeah, like for me, that's what works. But also then if like for, you know, for the rest of the day, my version of self care is like, I want to fuck off and play animal crossing and like drink a truly sure. And then do I want to bring animal crossing yeah. into the bathtub while I do a face mask? Absolutely. Um, or do I want to do absolutely nothing and just like veg out and like make some turkey burgers and eat some candy while watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine if that's what like my soul yeah I'm here for that that's what like my my body is calling for in that moment that's what I'll do and also like it's it becomes a choice so and this is where I say like feelings you know sometimes don't really make sense I not many people are like totally if you're like waking up to go to the gym at five in the morning i don't before work i don't think many people are that jazzed up to do it but i don't know anyone who's ever complained about it afterwards so you know don't always listen to your feelings listen to your commitments and i think that's like one thing too that's really getting looked at at least for me in this quarantine is like at what point am i listening to me or am i listening to my commitments and I think a lot of people's, excuse me, a lot of people's commitments right now is peace and, um, and trying to find stability. And my hope is that people can still maintain positive habits and find ways to feel peace and love and be gentle on themselves right now. So that way it translates when all this is done, because I, you know, one thing I would not, that will like one thing I'd be really sad to see is if people just like totally throw the routine out the window and like didn't maintain any normalcy and like totally didn't take care of themselves in what, you know, whatever capacity that looks like for them while this is all happening. And then like real life is back and they're just drained or yeah. Or like their body just doesn't feel like it it's um, it's meeting them where they're at. So I think it's a combination of like be committed to taking care of yourself and also be loving and gentle because this, we've never lived through something like this before. So we don't know what the hell we're really supposed to do um, or like what works or doesn't work. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, like compassion is forcing myself to slow down Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? Like take the time to sit on the couch and watch the TV. I'm used to being on my feet and going, going, going all day. But for others, that may not look like compassion. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think it's really important to like, you know, when you're looking at your limiting beliefs and then looking at taking care of yourself and compassion and showing yourself grace, like having that distinction. Like, am I sitting on the couch uh, because this is like what I need to feed my soul right now? Or am I sitting on the couch because I'm feeding into those old beliefs about myself so on and so forth. And I think that's what you're talking about when you were saying like, you know, people who may, you know, choose not to do any any kind of work or have a routine or maintain their normal lifestyle, uh, you know, during this stay at home period. I think it's really important to kind of distinguish that and just be able to look and say, hey, you know, is, is this am I really taking care of myself and showing myself compassion or am I just feeding into those old beliefs about myself? And then, you know, 
make a cho- choice moving yeah, forward. 100. percent Well, it's kind of interesting that you even word it that way because um, one thing I work on with clients when it comes this is just like a total side note, but like one thing I work around with mindful eating with my clients is like that the way you feed yourself with food is the way you feed yourself everywhere else in your life. And a lot of the times your eating habits are like the same as your money habits. So like if you're the kind of person that like is going to blow through a bag of Sour Patch, you're probably the same kind of person that's going to blow through a paycheck as soon as you get it. Cause it's like this thing with like a lot at one time versus like over a period of time. It's like, it's almost like a scarcity thing. But anyway, like one thing I bring up with yeah. mindful eating with people is like check in with yourself before you feed yourself something. Is it because like your body's calling it for it right now? And is this what's going to feed you? And this, is this going to be what feels good for you? Or are you bored and your body's searching for dopamine and your body is knee-jerk reaction is like, oh yeah, go for the Snickers. And and if your soul yeah. is saying, I need Snickers, then fuck yeah. But but if it but if yeah. it's like, Man. oh, I'm just bored. You know, and then ask yourself, be like, well, is that a good reason to do this? And if it's yes, then like, okay, cool, fuck yeah, eat it. Um, yeah, eat that. Yeah, Snickers, right. Girl. And, and I think it's kind of the same thing in other ways we're feeding ourselves currently. So you know if if me like vegging out on the couch is a way of feeding myself, is this the food I need right now? Or is this just, you know, a cop out? Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, wrapping up, like, you know, I guess, tell us kind of your role as a mindfulness coach and personal trainer, like how, what do you feel that you have to offer clients um, or people who are listening or other entrepreneurs who may want to take that leap, but may be held back by their limiting beliefs? So my emphasis is really being at home in your body. Um, You know, there are a million, because to me, fitness is almost like an algorithm. It's like, here is your body. Here's what's currently going on. Here's any variables of certain diseases or injuries. And then voila, like here's a plan of like how we're going to get to your Z, which is your goal. Um, if, but I don't think that really gets to the root of people's big why. I don't think that has an emphasis on behavior change or learning to love yourselves. And, um, you know, and, and I, my goal is to speak to more to the average person of like, who just wants to feel happy and like who really wants to, learn how to have proper habits that sustain them and um, give them a sense of vitality. And yeah, like our body's the one home we have. So, you know, like let's learn proper ways to feel at home in it without being attached to a certain scale number without, you know, obsessively counting macros because anyone can do that with you. But I think it's hard to find people who will stand for your greatness and you feeling comfortable in your home. Um, Because no one's going to, you know, try to give you some algorithm to interior design of how to feel comfortable in that kind of home. You know, people are going to meet you where you're at and try to help you design it accordingly. So we get to do the same with our bodies and our minds and our spirits. Um, And to anyone who is looking to take those leaps into doing, you know, their own business along, and it's scary, it's I would say do what fills you up because this is in my belief system. I don't know if we have a life after this. I don't know if I'm guaranteed anything, Um, you know, yeah, life life is is now. now. And I think one, one thing I hope that people take away from 
this pandemic is life is really now we we, we don't yeah. know what could happen we don't know even when normalcy will be taken away um you know i've had a lot of people who i love dearly who left really suddenly at really early ages and um i think it really checked in with me with do the things you love now because there's so many people who can take whatever disposable job and you know at least try doing the thing that is your dream um you know i have friends who want to open thrift stores and that's their dream but they're working for like a large corporation and you know and it's i i just want people to feel fulfilled so go for your big why go for your vision and you know there's and you're worthy and you deserve it and you and you're good enough and all those great things. Yeah, because it's it's so like I feel like we're almost conditioned to forget that you know we're not worthy with yeah, a, a lot absolutely. of this. You know, even like marketing towards like I can't go into a supermarket like a checkout line without getting angry and seeing like all those like keto magazines. Like I just I just I get so upset oh. and like I just went to Adam for ten minutes of like we're just marketed to feel like shit. So you know like yeah, also i would say to people surround yourself with positive messages be intentional about what you're feeding yourself i don't mean like even food i just mean like material wise you know what social media accounts are you following are you do you have people in your life who are doing the things that you admire and are up to big things um you know like are you willing to invest in a coach and if you say no then why not and i challenge the shit out of that well, I'm so glad you got to join me yeah, today. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out. I mean, <laughs> I just yeah, for, I'm just going for my six mile walk right after this. Hell yeah! yeah. I'm glad you're well, doing this finally. Yes, thanks. All right. Well, here you have it, friends. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you guys want to check out Kate, her Instagram is at Kate Coaches. You can send her an email at Kate at KateCoaches.com. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out and hopefully we'll have a little follow-up episode with Kate in a few months. But I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to Fringe and Flourish and hope you guys have a great day. 